Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to the podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stump. His name is Jared Pugard. Jared, how's it going, man? Oh, it's another late night button party, man. Do you remember when you said, right? Yeah. Oh, bucking. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when that was a thing? Like late night? Yeah. Whenever they'd go out on the West coast and you know, those games are tough. Like I'm, I'm very much a night owl, but that's, it's a lot tougher than I think people give it credit for. Primetime games in general are tough. Yeah. Well, no, no, the West Coast, whenever you go out there and it's 10-something at night and then it's a three-and-a-half-hour game, so the game ends and it feels like it's 1.30 in the morning for you, and it's like, oh, time to, time to talk to pitcher X who just gave up five runs over four innings. Yes, and things really haven't changed even on this coast. But you talk about the time difference. I remember when I was out in Los Angeles for the Rose Bowl, I remember waking up. Now, at night, it's kind of weird. But I remember waking up at 9 a.m., and this is how bad it was. I watched the Cowboys play the Eagles, and Mark Sanchez is the Cowboys quarterback. Mm-hmm. Wolf. Um, and then I got at noon the 4 o'clock game on the East Coast. And then by the time the night was over, it was probably 8 o'clock or 10 o'clock or whatever, and football was over for the day. And it was like you had your whole evening. And it was like, this is actually kind of cool. But late night. West Coast games, I would imagine, are are brutal. Yeah, yeah, they are to cover. And speaking of brutal coverage, oh, thank you. I was going to make that segue, but yeah, I, I I jumped on that horrible segue grenade for us. This has been a very rough Pirates season at the major league level, and anyone who argues otherwise is wrong. <laughs> this has been a team that is. More likely than not, and I feel like I've said this a hundred times, but like more likely you're not going to finish with a hundred losses. They need to go what, like six and three down the stretch? It could happen. It doesn't require see a series sweep, so it's definitely in play for them. But um, that's that's where they are right now. Like this is a team that just frankly isn't very good yet. With that said. It's easy to be optimistic for the future. 
Let me stop you right there. When you said isn't good yet. Yet. You mean there's promise? There's there's a lot of promise. And, you know, not just to give a checkmate, you know, oh, farm system good type argument and that's it. But you look at the way that they are going through with player development. I'm going to have a nice piece come out this week on player development. I've been working on it for a while. (laughs) It's finally, finally coming together at the very end. I'm looking forward to that coming out next week. You look at what they're doing in in player acquisition, like those, those pillars that Ben Charrington has put forth. They're, they're reaching them. It's just not at the major league level, really at all. Like, this is this is bad we have observed a lot of bad baseball this year so jared now that we're nearing the first full full year of the ben charrington Derek shelton experience second year really you know in terms of you know Mm -hmm. calendar but first year that this is the first time we saw 162 there's, there's no hiding of, well, they went 19 and 41 and that's, you know, two really bad months, but you know, you could have a couple, it, it, it's just bad. It, they're just a bad baseball team. There's no way to hide it. Where do you stand with this rebuild? Not just build it's put the re in front of it because that's what this is. I wouldn't even say rebuild. I think it's just build. Um, no, 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 no. That's the Ben Charrington talk. No, this is, this is a rebuild. You don't build. There, there was a major league product. I'm not saying it was a good major league product, but it's worse right now. Well, the good news is they won more games this year than they did last year. The bad news oh is, oh my god, they lost way more too. I mean, I think the the choice, the the ways for optimism, I think Bednar is a huge one. Yes, I, I think when you solidify the back end, and I would even say Chris Stratton to an extent too, if he's going to be your setup guy or your high leverage guy in the back end. Um, I thought he's, he's performed pretty well, uh, starting rotation, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Mitch Keller. Um, you just never know what you're going to get from him, but I think he's shown some promise lately too. Um, obviously your, your core guys in the lineup are Brian Reynolds and, um, and Brian Hayes. Those are your two guys. Obviously you, you went out and get, you got it. Yoshi Satsugo. And I think he deserves a, a spot next year. Um, I mean, what do you do with Kevin Newman, Cole Tucker, Hoy Park, those those types of guys? I mean, Tucker's played pretty well down the stretch. I mean, Newman's solid with the glove. I think he's like Jordy Mercer 2.0. Um, but it, obviously you've got Jacob Stallings, and I think Jacob Stallings is going to be there until Davis is, is ready to go, and Davis will spend some time under the wings of Stallings, and then here we go. But, I mean, outside of the pitching, I think – yeah, let's see what they've got. I mean, you've got a cornerstone at third. You've got a cornerstone in the outfield. I mean, they've shown that they can patch things together. I mean, I think Gamble, you know, could get a starting spot next year. I mean, it, it's all about development, but, you know, and we're going to talk about this later. These guys, I think, are starting to feel the pressure. And, I, and for some people, it's paying off. And for some people, they're kind of wilting. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to pretend i don't see at least pulling out the roster here from tonight hayes sugo maybe he resigns as a free agent even if he does 
I, I have no delusions that this guy is the truth, that he's going to be part of, you know, the franchise in the long, long term. I'm still not convinced he can hit a major league fastball and that some of this is just teams being stupid and not, you know, not challenging him with, with, with heat. How, how, how hard is that to do? It's like this guy can only hit changeups and breaking pitches. Let's keep throwing him those. I mean, Reynolds in center, like we, we've, we've hit on those things here, but like there'll probably be some combination of Kevin Newman and Cole Tucker's. And like, it's, it's just guys who, yeah, maybe they have some potential, but even if they do, they probably don't have the highest of ceilings. And that's what this franchise needs. They need those high ceiling players. They need those players to get to that point. So I don't, 2022 would be better for no other reason, at least in my mind, that it's just a fresh start. And it's one step closer to 2023. Yeah, basically. I mean, 22, there will probably be a Swaggerty call up, a Contreras call up, you know, a full year of Yuhure and, you know, all, all that good stuff. But I, I don't know. We're, we're two years into this rebuild. And no one's going to judge the major league franchise finally or in finality for that here where they are in year two but year two it's really bad and it's really bad and i'm not saying that it 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 needs to be you know shelton or marine or someone needs to fall on the sword except for maybe maybe x time but that's already happened at that point i i i don't know it's tough to evaluate whenever Everything is still so far away. You can never bank on prospect. That's why they're literally called prospect. It's the prospect that they could be a good major league player. So wait a second. You mean to tell me that if they're in the Pirates farm system, there is a chance that as a prospect, they might not pan out? Yeah, and that's – I can't – it's a common thing that happens in – live cues it didn't happen this last time but i've had a couple times like right in the 2023 pirates starting lineup or starting rotation it's like what what happens if someone breaks out what happens if someone has an injury and that's it what if someone just comes up to the major leagues and sucks we don't talk about that one as much but it does happen right now and that's the thing too there, there are so many eggs pushed into that basket that as high as you know, I I believe that they are doing so many things right with player development, with minor leagues, with building the ways that they have to build. But it needs to be supplemented in some way. It needs to be supplemented in 2022. They cannot just go into next year with the same or slightly rearranged deck chairs on the Titanic. They need to do something this off season. That whether that is signing Hayes or Reynolds or both to a long term deal bringing in a veteran to not saying a Manny Machado contract. I, I won't argue that, but a veteran who could be around for a while that you could just plug in there, make him a team leader, maybe do that through a trade. There just has to be some way you have to supplement this major league team, because if you only do it through the minor leagues, as good as that looks right now, you can't do only that. You need to supplement the major league team. And that's whenever I think 
the Ben Charrington, Derek Shelton, all this year two going into year three, that's whenever they take that step as an organization. No, I think that's a good point. But my biggest thing is you have to invest in the major league team. It's, it's great to yes. invest in the minors. And listen, the farm system has been replenished and restocked like, like a lake during the first day of trout season. It is no longer an issue. You're going to get a high draft pick again at the start of next year. They have a top five unanimously right now, and it's only going up from there. Right. So, I mean, you have to invest. If that, if that means it's an extension for Hayes or Reynolds, then that's great. But you have to show that you're invested in the major league product, because mm-hmm. if you're not, then that's great. You can go out there and win championships in Bradenton and compete with championship for championships in Greensboro. But that doesn't sell seats at the major league level. That doesn't no. sell merchandise at the major league level. That doesn't make you money at the major league level. But that's what I need. That's what I would like to see is if they buy in and they invest in the major league product, then great. Then that's finally what they need. And maybe go out and get a, a top tier starter uh, in the rotation or get God forbid an outfielder that can play consistently. Who knows? But go out and get somebody and invest in it and sign Reynolds or Hayes to an extension and prove that, hey, guess what? We're, we're ready to, to, to build from this core. You're either with us or you're against us. Let's go play Pirates baseball. Let's go enjoy the Ben Sherrington and Derek Sheldon era. And you talked about the coaching staff. I mean, yeah, Eckstein, great. You're, you're a hitting coach on a team that is abysmal, doesn't really hit the ball. You know, when you have – guys that are closer to the Mendoza line than even hitting their, you know, body weight. Um, it's tough, but pitching wise, I mean, pitching's tough, man, because as a hitter, it's you against the pitcher, but the, the pitching staff, you're going against nine guys every time through the order. And that's not easy to do. I mean, you see the struggles from every level on up. And you have all this tape, all these statistics, all this data on this hitter or this pitcher, where his arm angle is, what he's throwing in this count. This, it's not easy to pitch at any level, let alone the majors. So who is that? Is that Marine's fault for going out? And, and he can't go out and throw strikes for them. So, I mean, but at the same time, when things are great, it's the players when things are bad. It's the coaches. That's just the game of life. That's just the game of uh, the and sports in general. So I mean, it's what do you do? I, I I'm very interested to see this offseason. I think this is a key offseason. Um, much like when they won 98 games, when they went out and when I got John Neese. Um, I don't think that they're going to make a move that dumb. But I'm very interested to see how Ben Sherrington and Derek Shelton handle this offseason. I think I'm going to start throwing this around a little more often, but if, if you're serious about making a player centric culture, that, that can't just come from the players. It can't just come from the players and the coaches. It has to also come through, through player acquisition. It's, I, I will give Derek Shelton credit for this. There are a lot of things in this year that have been tough. A lot of things that you can put on him, like this should have been done differently. You know, he admits that he has grown this year. I, I will give him credit for in a very tough, challenging hundred loss season where they traded away so many clubhouse leaders over the last, you know, in the 2021 calendar year, he didn't lose the clubhouse. And as 
that might sound like the most backhanded or like lowest level compliment that you could give, but that that's a lot harder said than done. He didn't lose the clubhouse. That team is still going into work. They're they're going into work right now without a hitting coach, and they're hitting better. And I don't mean that as a jive at, at Rick Eckstein. I mean that as in it's a situation where they're like there has to be more responsibility given to the player mm-hmm. to to get through, and and they are doing that. So it, it can't just come from the minor leagues. If this is going to be a player-centric culture, if this is going to be a major league environment that once those prospects come up, they are to supplement, they are supposed to get you over the edge, there has to be some, there has to be more foundation here. It can't just be a center fielder, uh, a, a promising rookie third baseman who only had a good, not great year and a closer, which I, I, Ben Norris a really good pitcher. You could throw him at the back end of basically any bullpen in baseball, but you closers and relief pitchers, especially young ones are a double-edged sword. You always have to take a modicum of, you know, caution with that. So I, there's not enough at the major league level. They need to supplement it. Mm -hmm. That's how you get start off year three on the right foot. And year three is going to be a pivotal year. If they lose a hundred something, they can't Baltimore Orioles their way through this where they no. just don't care that they lose 110 games every single year. That that will not fly. Right. I think, you know, I think realistically, if they're somewhere hovering around 500, I think that's a very good year. Oh, that'd be a great year. I'm, I'm, um, I'm more realistic with like 70-something. I feel like my big thing step. is go out and get a major league ready guy. He's got to be able to play. Go out and get somebody that's been an everyday starter this year. And if you can go out and do that, because that's a proven guy more often than not, you have you you can't rely on the development of prospects because sometimes it just doesn't happen but speaking of prospects and speaking of clubhouses we're going to get to why one of the clubhouses in the minor league system has had a great friday night when we come back on the pirates podcast to be named later Later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Jared Prugar there, Alex Stone here. Jared, maybe we should take it all back because anyone who says Ben Sherrington can't build a championship team was dead wrong Friday night. It, it the Bradenton Marauders have their low A Southeast Division Championship. Congratulations to Coach Johnstone, that entire coaching staff, those players. That's a really, really good, cool thing that they did there. We, we touched on this before about how important it is to win a minor league. Is it, Can you really, you know, touch on anything there? But again, it's one of those, it's better to win a championship than not. You're right. And listen, that team was pretty darn good. And, yeah. you know, f- friend of the podcast, Spencer Smith, had a great call, I thought, uh, on the championship. But it's funny, the, they beat the Yankees low A team, and I, for the sake of time, I'm not going to pronounce the league that they were in because low A just sounds better. But hey, listen, it's a championship. That's a championship culture. 
you know, they're if they leave the Pirates organization, they leave with rings. That's not something that everybody can say. You know, this I, I'd have to look at the numbers and I haven't in quite some time, but you look at guys like Cole Tucker and guys that played for the curve and played for Bradenton. They've won championships within the last five years, you know, and they've won multiple. Um, I forget. I, I want to say if Altoona won theirs in 2017. Yeah, that was the year. So then 2016, Bradenton won theirs. So, yeah, well, my numbers are off. That's why I teach careers. Um, <laughs> cruel irony, but we'll get to that at some point later. Anyway, championships are great, man. I think, you know, we talked about this on, on a recent podcast about the value of winning and, and winning championships in the minor leagues. Hey, this is a cool experience. These guys are going to get rings in spring training. They're going to hang a banner in Bradenton or whatever. And guess what? They're forever champions. And when you start building that at that level and you just keep it going, if you can supplement that again with the, with the major league team, that's a really good recipe. The interesting thing, because it's, it's not just Bradenton. Bradenton's the first to win the championship. Greensboro is playing for a championship right now. And even though it's not the same case, since Altoona didn't make the playoffs, they sent most of their kids up to Indianapolis, and they just, they just hit the snot out of the baseball. O'Neill Cruz has two home runs in two games. I think Rodolfo Castro has three and three. Mason Martin's gone deep. Like, they just are just crushing, Martin crushing the baseball. Martin twice Friday night, by the way. Twice. Okay, twice on Friday night. So there's just like a ton of going on there. Again, citing that John Baker interview, it, it was he brought up a good point that we talked many a times about, you know, why aren't they promoting these guys? And he said, you know, I'm not saying it was the only reason, like we've we've talked about these other reasons, I've written about these other reasons, but he also brought up like these kids were especially in the lower levels they were away from everyone for a year like maybe they went to instructs in florida but that'd be the only you know time they were around other teammates this is the first time they had that sense of camaraderie they like that that's definitely more on the mental skills you know sports psychology side of things there but you know what that's that's part of it and if they are to to cap off that, you know, discussion was that a week ago or two weeks ago about how important a minor league championship is. That might have been last week. I think it was last week. They I've been on the road good. for too long, Jared. Man, this is this has <laughs> been a very old, long old, road trip. Man. Yeah, but I mean, listen, we we, we take for granted what a team really means, um, and they're especially Bradenton. Bradenton, I think, has had the most roster movement um, among the among the teams this year, just between the 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 complex league and yeah that's that's the fcl right but but that's the thing is you know these people are and the team aspect matters and it doesn't matter listen you can have nine individuals but that doesn't that pales in comparison to a team and when you have a team and you're all fighting and pulling in the same direction that's a beautiful beautiful thing and when you have that at the lower levels hey guess what man you're going to have success. You, you think about, you know, the pirates and, and when they had their success in the um, about eight or eight, eight or nine years ago, those were good teams. The camaraderie was there. That brotherhood was there. And when you have that, 
it makes for a very, very special team. Makes, you know what that is? That's a player centric culture. And you got to build that at the major league level. Go back to the first segment. That's all I have to add on to that. Please stop. No, no I'm great gonna, point though. This However, is, this is going to be my hill to die on. I am going to become unbearable. I'll get you an points. incline, but no, I mean, listen, Hey, they're champions and Greensboro won Friday night. They're tied with their, in their series against Bowling Green. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that they played a playoff game at one o'clock on a Friday, but Hey, it's welcome to high a baseball, baby. It also could be like old timey 1950s world series baseball. I do listen. I've always wanted to go to a game wearing a suit, maybe even a fedora. No one's stopping you. I'll stop you for the fedora. I'll stop you for the fedora. Oh, no, no, obviously that's not changing. But no, I listen, go out and win championships, win these games. And I think that's a great experience. And when that happens, hey, maybe it translates. But we have there are you know quite a bit of guys on this team and coming up that have that have championship experience albeit at a lower level and hey see what they've got because what's it gonna hurt you know a lot of those guys at the major league level right now are so are so trained to lose and when you you know change the culture you we talk about player centric hey get a guy that's that's a proven winner do you remember when they brought in aj burnett changed it's one of the key free agent signings uh, the Pirates have ever made. So go out, get that guy, get that bulldog, get that winner, and see what happens. And add that to, to guys that have been winning throughout the organization. And here we are. We've got a little more show left to go. We'll be right back. This is the segment of the show where Jared and me try to find one more thing to talk about here on a late Friday night. Jared, how'd it go coaching tonight, man? Ah, uh, listen, coaching is coaching, man. You know, it, it's just one of those games. Um, it was a not struggle. Well. Did not go well. It was much like watching the Pirates bullpen. Some days good, some plays good, some pitches good, and the rest not so good. Well. But it's there's any, always next week. If it's any consolation, my my alma mater, Baldwin, not not to put them on blast, I feel, I feel bad about that, but they, they lost pretty lopsided tonight as well. So, but alas, <laughs> it's Friday, man. It, or well, we're recording this early Saturday morning. Pretty soon, we're just going to be doing it live Saturday morning. Let's do uh, it. as you guys watch game day. It's actually just a radio show now. Alex, if you could. Put yourself in any sport. I listen. I've watched you swing a golf club. Yeah, it's so not. I can't. I know golf, how much people. I can't do it. I just. We're can't. not talking about golf. All right, all right. I just want to reference the fact that I've you seen just you swing wanna, a golf club, so I know how much of an athlete you really aren't. Um, <laughs> if there was a sport that you could be a professional at, what would it be and why? I, I know this answer. And it was, I saw it on the 4th of July where, you know, Joey Chestnut's eating 800 hot dogs in a while. 
they had a lemonade chugging contest where they give you a gallon of lemonade. How fast can you drink it? And I'm not saying I would win. I'm not saying I would win, but I would be that guy who's good enough to get at the table that, you know, four spots down from Joey Chestnut or whoever the lemonade drinking version of that was just like, I, I can do that. I, <laughs> I was put on this earth to do that. If I was ever to do anything athletic. Fair enough. I like it. And I'm counting that as athletic. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's sure. on I'd be on ESPN performing on in a competition. I'd be on ESPN in a competition. I count that as an athletic event. If we had better takes than David Bednar being the closer for the Pirates, we might even be on ESPN. It seems like they hire everybody. <laughs> but we're not that type of shock jock. We're not we even jocks. We wow. have not been bamboozled, hoodwinked, or <laughs> the people that listen to this every week have been. Um, so, so let's get serious, right? Let's get back to the pirates. Obviously, we know that you're why, <laughs> why not? Okay, if there is one takeaway for you personally this year from this season, not the product on the field, but you personally, what is it like? Like, my, my performance as a beat writer this year performance as a beat writer as a covid survivor as anything as that, that's a pretty wide net um i don't know i, I feel like this is gonna sound like, this has been the year where i really feel like i learned how to do this job the right way because i i freelanced it, no i mean i mean this legitimately i freelanced for a while before i came on to dk pittsburgh sports i I did a little bit at the end of 2019 and then I go to 2020 and everything zoom calls, everything's, you know, just that horrible landscape in 2021 is whenever I could actually, you know, have one-on-one interviews again, build more sources, do stuff like that. Like, I, I feel like I've, I feel like I've taken that step. I'm looking forward to what 2022 has. No, and, and as somebody that's been with you, I mean, we've, we've been a package deal for five years now. Um, listen, the, I've seen you go from guy from a guy that didn't really want to do this anymore to a guy that I think has, has really found a stride, and I think that's, that's awesome. And then, obviously, with things working out for me, being able to pinch it and getting my Rodolfo Castro moment, you know, it's been a fun year, as weird as it has been, because we talk about this all the time now. The three games that I came over to Pittsburgh, I didn't get a single pregame availability. And whether it was for our um, for a pregame ceremony, whether it was because it was uh, raining or an afternoon game, and it's different. The Zoom world is a wild place. And, you know, it's, hey, we you survive it and you deal with it. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if things kind of stay the same in, in some respects. Um, but at the same time, you have to you have to adjust and adjust on the fly. And if you're able to do that, you will survive. And we have survived for now. And for the future. We ain't going nowhere. Listen, and you know what? There's still what eight games left? That's we, how lot can happen. We ain't going anywhere. And because of that, this is the perfect type of podcast to subscribe to wherever you find fine podcasts. 
subscribe to everything we have on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I don't know. I feel like we have to do something fun for some of these off-season shows. We should, listen, we, should, should we invite this. the new guys at some point? If it's a free-for-all, let's do it. But right. Let's see. We've recorded from Pittsburgh, from Philadelphia, from Miami. Yeah. From Cincinnati. I didn't like that one. There, well, nobody likes Cincinnati. That 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 is that is quickly becoming my anti-Edmonton. Nothing good happens in Cincinnati. Not Edmonton. Oh, oh my God, Winnipeg. Fair enough. I listen. I don't have any good memories in Cincinnati. Um, no one has good memories in Cincinnati. Where else have we re- we've recorded from a bunch of different places? And that's, it's been, oh, ho- hotel room. I know for a fact we. have. Multiple hotel rooms across Listeners the Listeners and readers from Cincinnati, and I'm just being merciless. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's nothing it's, personal against you. It's just I, I was I was tricked into eating Skyline this week. All right. It's bad. It's bad. I I agree. I agree. But alas, I've grown up with curve burgers, so I'm partial to that. And pierogies too. Hmm. I think it's time to get a midnight snack. But on that note, we thank you as always for putting up with our antics, our shenanigans, whatever you want to call what we do. We're just two guys having fun on a podcast that is going to be named later. For Alex Stump, this is Jared Prugar. Thank you as always for listening. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. And-